Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Why, hello, hello there, my Bravo Believers. This is your girl Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. Happy Tuesday, yins, guys, and I have to say, coming from the Chicago studio, aka my home, but what the fuck, who cares? Um, coming from the home studio, I got my inspiration on currently, right now, embellished hat, Robin Dixon, shout out, thank you for the hat, I love it, and it's just giving me some extra Potomac vibes that I'm very excited to talk about today. Uh, the episode this past uh, Sunday was to die, yes, loved it, um, of course it wasn't like the whole uh, hair tug pool, but you know... It was still good. We get to see what's going on with Ray and Karen, Jamal and Giselle. That was pretty juicy. So it's also so crazy, and guys, I have to say, currently looking at my window, it is snowing. It's snowing. However, I am surprised, but also I really shouldn't be because, listen, it's the end of October. We're almost November. We're in Chicago. It's the Windy City. So why am I bitching? I don't even know. Anyways, isn't it kind of fun to bitch sometimes? I guess. Yeah, so welcome again to the show. I hope you guys are having a great uh, beginning of the week. And I hope you guys are going to do something fun, socially distanced, of course, for Halloween. Ooh, there is something that I want to ask. If you could be any housewife for Halloween, who would you be and why? I want to make this a thing. I'm going to put that shit on Instagram. I want you guys to take a look at it. And I really, really want you guys to respond. Like, who the fuck would you be as a housewife? Like, why would you do it? For me, I don't even know. I really would have to think about it. Like, would I want to be Giselle, Robin, Erica Jane, uh, Candy, Ashley Darby? Like, I would have to sit and think about it. Leah, oh fuck, that would actually be a really good one. Or Sonia, you guys get what I'm saying. I want to know your thoughts. Who would you be? Why would you be them? And obviously I've seen, (laughs) I've seen just a regular uh, Denise costume, which is basically just cut off jeans with a California shirt, California, 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 and just having that ragamuffin hair. You know what I mean? Shout out to Kyle Richards. But yeah, who would you be for Halloween as a housewife and why? Let me know on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. I know, selfish plug. Okay, let's get to the real shit. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the Bravo world with what the Bravo. So, in the Bravo world right now, I found some interesting little things that I'd like to bring up. It's not everything that's going on, but at least things that I find to be interesting for myself. And they're kind of juicy, so I like to talk about the shit. So, first off, Perez Hilton, we all know about him. He is saying to some of the blogs that Andy Cohen, our dear, near god of Bravo, has supposedly stolen an idea of his for a TV show. And this TV series was based around gay dads and their families. And I guess Perez reached out to Andy to talk to him about it. But supposedly the sources say that Andy said that the show would be just not good for Bravo and or 
or E because I think NBC owns both of those uh, networks. Could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's like that. Uh, Don't quote me. But whenever Perez didn't get the support from Andy after he reached out to his people, I don't know if he, I don't think he spoke to Andy directly, but I think it was like his people who know people who know people, you know what I mean? So after he didn't get the support that he wanted, he now found out that Andy, I guess, is trying to pitch a show based around gay dads and their families. I never heard of that, but then again, this is the blog, so like, you don't ever really know what you're reading if it's true. But it's like that for the news, too. I mean, let's just be real. So then some people are asking him, hey, Perez, why don't you sue him? And you know what? He has a good answer because you don't want to sue Andy Cohen because the bitch will get you. And you just don't sue him because he's amazing. So he says that he doesn't want to burn any bridges by suing him. And he also admitted that like he didn't copyright the idea. So it's really just he was talking about it. He talked about it, whatever. He's rolling with the idea. It's almost like whenever Candy's ex-assistant, I forget his name, but when he came up and he was trying to sue Candy for like not paying him enough hours and shit whenever he was helping out with all her stuff. And then he said that he pitched the old lady gang idea, not necessarily saying that that was his idea, the old lady gang, but he was talking about doing a restaurant with family recipes and all that shit. And then he said, hey, Candy stole my idea. So it's kind of like that. I don't know, Perez Hilton, you're kind of not as relevant as you used to be. You're also very mean to a lot of celebrities. You're kind of like almost the Wendy Williams, but like a dude. I think Wendy Williams is nicer than you. So he ends up saying, maybe Andy doesn't want to work with me because I am me and I have my baggage and my reputation. So as a lot of people would say, you reap what you sow. And as we all know, Drake, uh, it is what it is. You get what you give. So there's that. So I found that pretty interesting in the Andy Cohen world of news. And now let's move to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. How is Kyle and Denise? Where is their relationship at right now? We don't know. Actually, we do. Because Kyle talked to people and said, hey, you know what? I don't like having bad blood with people. So I wanted to reach out to Denise and, you know, we're cool now. And then with that whole we're cool now, here's my thoughts. I think they're cool now to Kyle because honestly, I really think Denise just didn't want to put up with any more bullshit because she already dealt with so much stuff on the show. So she's probably like, yeah, Kyle, we're cool. I have like a different life than you. I need to go on with my shit. Go do you. Do all your clothing line shit and whatever. Pay bajillions of dollars for the bags that you probably only use once, which I find is crazy. Like, holy shit. I like my bags from Target, people. But yeah, I would probably love an expensive bag if I could afford it. But this bitch can't. You know what I mean? So they're good, apparently, per Kyle's words. So now let's go to our our H.O.P. girls, particularly Karen Huger. So Karen addresses that the comment that Ray said about her, oh, I think the fame and fortune has got to your head, Karen. Like, oh my gosh, you don't pay attention to me. Obviously, Ray doesn't sound like that, but I wanted to sound like a dude. So I guess that's my dude voice. Karen admits, and I'm going to quote what she says. She says, look, I am one big bubble of an ego, okay? Hello, So that shouldn't even be a question. I think it was the success. I was hungry for the success. I wanted to make my parents proud. And that's what really took me away from my marriage, the memory of them, how I was raised, what I was taught to do. 
if you're gonna do something, you've got to give it your best. So she acknowledged because of the whole La Dame fragrance and just with the show and everything like that, she's acknowledging that she didn't have the balance between her business and her relationship. She's not the only one that's dealt with that, but she's taking accountability that, yeah, maybe she didn't pay attention to Ray as much as she should have. That was basically her aha moment. So it was nice to see that she was able to talk about that. And we all know that Karen's pretty private with all her shit anyway. So kudos, snaps for you, Karen, for coming out and uh, telling us about that. We appreciate you for sure. Now from Potomac, we're going to go to New York City with Bethany Frankel. Now previously in one of the shows, I said that she was with her boo Paul Burnin for about two years and Andy was asking her on Watch What Happens Live, are you guys going to get married? And then she's like, no, I'm still married to Jason. Well, people, Bethany Frankel is no longer dating Paul. They broke up after two years. Sources say that it was due to the long distance, and when she was asked about him, she had nothing but good things to say. I don't think Bethany really holds resentment towards people. I, I don't I don't think she has time for that, to be honest. So she's not really petty, I think, with her relationships. I think she's more petty with her girlfriends. <laughs> Ramona, Sonia, <laughs> Dorinda, Luann especially. You fuck everybody! Oh my god. You will die a liar. You are a liar. You are born a liar. You will die a liar. Oh my god. Yeah, so she holds resentment, I'm pretty sure, and petty shit with her girlfriends, but I don't think she does with her relationships. So whenever they asked her, hey, Bethany, are you going to come back to Roni? She was explaining she's in such a different place in her life right now, and she has new things coming up for herself, and she just wants to focus on that, aka she's got a podcast, Just Be With Bethany or something, I think is what it's called. So that sounds fun to listen to. So yeah, go listen to it. But really, people, keep listening to my podcast. Tell your people, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so from there, let's go back to The Real Housewives. Oh, actually, we didn't even go there. Let's go to The Real Housewives of OC. We're basically covering a lot of the shit from The Housewives, except for Salt Lake City, clearly, and Dallas. However, there is a Dallas housewife that is pregnant with her fourth child. She's the redhead. I don't remember her name. Ugh, don't kill me. Ugh, you know, I don't really want it that much but she's pregnant with her fourth child woohoo congratulations now back to Tamara Judge with the OC check this out there are talks that she may be coming back to the Real Housewives of the OC next season people were asking her so Tamara what the fuck uh did you really text Bronwyn's mom about that whole text message and talking to her about the whole alcohol problem with Bronwyn so that shit was a lie, so Tamara says. She said Bronwyn's mother texted Tamara to see how she was doing with Simon's cancer and how he was going with the treatment. So she was reaching out to Tamara just to make sure that she was okay and the family was okay, checking up on Simon, which is really nice, you know? And the conversation ended where, hey, I hope you and Bronwyn are doing well, vice versa. So the whole rumor of Tamara really getting in there, trying to get all the dish and shit was not true. But then when people were asking her, are you going to come back to next season? She's like, that's pretty likely. So here's the thing. I don't think that would be a bad thing for Tamara to come back. 
Again, I'm not a huge fan of hers, but I do think that she's great for the show. She does cause a lot of drama and she stirs the pot like Giselle, but you know, I love Giselle. Green-eyed bandit, honey. So she does stir the pot a lot. And again, this season right now for me for OC, I was a little skeptical and I still am because it's not that exciting for me. I don't think they have strong enough characters at this point to really make the show what it was before in the past with Vicky, Tamara, and Shannon. The choice of me! all together but I don't know we'll we'll see I'm, I'm just not really loving it to be honest the new housewife she seems okay cool I don't really know much about her so I don't really want to judge too quickly even though when I met Leah on the show and Wendy I fucking love them right from the start the vibe for her the housewife of OC and I totally forget her name isn't that terrible so she clearly isn't that exciting for me to watch at the moment but she just isn't speaking to me the way that Leah did and the way that Wendy did. I mean, their personalities are completely different and we'll see what's up with the OC. You know, I'm I'm, I'm still going to give it a shot. So, but at the moment, I'm not loving it. So there's that. But transitioning from the Wednesday Housewives of OC, this Thursday, my loves, Southern Charm, Charleston baby, coming back on the air. We are going to see how this season is without our main kick-ass women, Cameron, Naomi, Chelsea. We got some new badass bitches up in the place. I think Madison might be one of them. I'm deciding if I like her. Uh, I do like her badass bitchiness to Austin because I do feel Austin's pretty soft. That's just my own opinion. I don't think he can really stick up for himself when it comes to dudes, especially his friends, a.k.a. Shep. So we will see how this season is. I'm looking forward to that just to really, I just want to catch up with Pat. Like, what's Miss Pat doing? Because I fucking love her. Like, is she going to McDonald's in her nice Rolls Royce or whatever? And is she getting like a fucking hamburger and shit and having Michael serve it to her with a glass of wine in the parking lot? I want to know what's going on. Patricia, we want to know. So yeah, tune in on Thursday. I think that's on at nine and we'll see how that shit turns out. But now we're going to go to the main event with our Potomac ladies. Inspiration, my love hat embellished on right now. Channeling Robin Dixon, baby. Let's do this shit. So this episode, I loved how it started. Miss Giselle meeting up with one of the finest house husbands of all the franchises. Juan Dixon. Mm. I know I'm not alone in thinking that. He's definitely the hottest house husband to me, even though he's not a husband yet. But y'all know what I'm saying. So she meets up with Juan at the jewelry store because she's helping him shop for Robin's ring that he's going to propose with. Love it. Love it. (laughs) It was great seeing her shop for Robin with Juan. But again... Miss Giselle was shopping for herself, trying to think, ooh, I like this ring. Jamal needs to get me this ring. And then she ends up saying, as far as the diamonds, like the carrots of the ring, I guess the last time she had like a five carat ring. And now she's like, whenever this happens again, I get 10. Double for the trouble. And I'm saying, yes, I agree with you, Giselle, because he put you through all that shit, even though it was many, many moons ago. He needs some shit to pay up. So double, double for the trouble. Yes. And that makes sense. Double, double toil and trouble. Hello, Halloween, Saturday. Woohoo. 
So after the nice little jewelry shopping, we transition over to Monique. She's getting her live podcast show together at the City Winery of D.C. And I do have to say, looks exactly the same as it does here in Chicago. So it was cool. So she's getting all her bags together. And I guess someone, I forget, his name is Pearl. I don't know who he is with regards to Chris's side of the family. I thought she said it's his guy dad. I don't really know what that means or if I heard it wrong. But he's related to Chris in some sort of way. And he is a pastor. And Monique was saying that she goes to him for a lot of different things when it comes to the family. I think she did that with Chris whenever they were having trouble with shit as far as communication or something. But she said for this live podcast show, I think she said it was like her third live podcast show in two years. Now, don't get me wrong. I haven't done live podcast shows. Do I want to do it? Fuck yeah, that would be so fucking fun. But don't you think three podcast shows in two years might be saying something? I don't know. But then again, go Monique, because you're doing the shit. You want, you got a dream to do this. You're following through. Definitely investing a lot of fucking money. But you know what? You're doing your thing. And I think that's cool. That's empowering for women to like go get what you want. So I applaud you for that. She told her friend Pearl that the show for the podcast was going to be called Redefine Me. It's interesting that she wants to use that title now because she's trying to show the women and I guess the rest of the world because shit, we saw that fucking thing on tape. It was crazy. She wants to show the rest of the world and the women that she is progressing with everything that she's done and she's really moving forward and she's accepting the bullshit that she did to Candace and all that kind of stuff. We don't see Candace accepting her bullshit, but I'll get to that later. You know what I mean. So when she was talking to Pearl about the altercation, and this was after Candace pressed charges against Monique, so they were talking about that, and I found it interesting that Pearl told her that there was an underlying issue, something bigger than Candace, that made her really react and do what she did to her. So like the other pastor that came to her house, doc- or I forget what the guy's name was, but he was on last episode. But just like he said, there was something deeper within Monique that pushed her to do that to Candace. So really, it had nothing to do with her. So I thought that was interesting. Then we see her invite the girls to the show, Robin, Wendy, and Karen. Wendy was like, I am not comfortable doing that because you still show no remorse. And she's like, no, but I am remorseful and blah, 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 blah. The girls say, send me the information. Obviously, they don't end up showing up. Karen said that she was going to go. We'll get to that in a little bit. And then from there, we see Karen and Ray go to a life coach because that radio host friend didn't really help. And I guess that created more tension in their marriage. So the life coach says, hey, how long have you guys been together? 23 years. Listen, that's a long ass time. I haven't even been in a relationship for two years. So 23 years. Holy shit. That's a lot. Ray expresses how he is on his third retirement while Karen really is blossoming into her business. It seems like Ray has a problem with Karen's success. He says this. Oh, this made me so mad. It like got into my veins. It was like so hot and I felt like I was going to like fall over because I'm like, Ray, what the fuck? He said, oh, back in the day, again, here's my, (laughs) here's my guy voice. You know, back in the day, Karen was Ray Huger's wife. And now I am Karen Huger's husband. Dude, get the fuck over it. Like that is some old school thinking shit. 
And you know what? I get the age thing. I feel like people of that age kind of think that way. I don't find it right, but I understand the thought process because that's how it was back in the day, apparently. I wasn't born then, but that's what I hear, and that's what you can kind of tell. But that pissed me off so bad because it was almost like he was jealous of her success or just resented her because of the success that she was having. That's not support. That is just being a stingy, selfish person. And I did not appreciate that. That made me so angry. Karen is here trying to salvage the relationship and trying to save it. And she says to the life coach that she doesn't feel that Ray wants to do a damn thing. And then Ray comes back and says, well, in order to do something, you have to be available. So he's feeling that she's not available for him. Oh, and then... Then he has the audacity to say this. He says, you know, back in the day, you just had to be concerned when you were just that housewife, so to speak. And he did like the air quotes and shit. When you were a housewife then, all you really had to deal with is the house and me. Actually, he said he didn't deal with. He's like, all you had to do was the house stuff and me. When I heard that, I wanted to go into the TV and like shake Ray. What the fuck, Ray? What is your problem? I thought you were a good dude. Like the way that you're talking right now is some fucked up shit. No, no, no. Men, young men, don't listen to Ray with what he's saying. That's wrong. That worked me up a little bit. It's working me up now. I'm getting a little hot. My body's getting a little hot and I got a tank top on. Oh my goodness. But then we find out that Karen says, you know what, Ray? I stuck with you whenever you had all that fucking shit going on with your taxes and you didn't even thank me. You didn't even thank me. And I could have left, but I didn't because I love you. I didn't say, oh, I think I'm in love with you. Like that still was messed up that he said that. So with him hearing that, he eventually says, I'm sorry and thank you. You know, for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Katie Maloney Schwartz here. Uh, too little, too late. It is. That's what she said to Stassi whenever Stassi wanted her back in her life. It's the same thing. Ray, too little, too late for me. You're lucky that Karen is so in love with you. She forgave you. But for me, I'm watching Karen's back. I'm not really down with that. I didn't like that. You're just apologizing to her because one, probably the cameras are on you. You don't want to look bad. But two, just because she brought it up, like, shouldn't you have figured that out as soon? frustrating hashtag frustration along with that thank you Karen really just said I want him to acknowledge that I have taken care of him and she feels like he never did that but then he did again it was on camera and it was after the fact that she literally had to tell him to do it it's almost like the movie the breakup with Jennifer Aniston and what the fuck Vince Vaughn I should know that because he's fucking from Chicago but it's like the whole thing whenever she asked him to get the lemons and he didn't get the lemons. So she was asking him basically a little favor. But then whenever she wanted him to help around the house, and he's like, well, I don't know that you want me to do that. You're going to have to tell me. And she's like, you, you should just know. You should like want to help me. Why do we have to spell everything out? I don't even understand that. So Karen just wanted that thank you and that recognition that she has done a lot for him. Now let's go to the household of Miss Wendy and Eddie, okay? She's calling all the girls, except for Monique, 
about this event that she is putting on. It is called Wine with Wendy. That actually sounds really cute. So she's putting on that event, and I guess she does it pretty often. And basically what it's about is discussing issues and politics and different things that are going on to have positive changes in their community. And I think that was so fucking cool that she did that. And the event itself was kick-ass and just the way I'll get into that eventually, but just the way that Wendy presents herself in like a leader type of mentality, oh my God, it is so inspiring. It's fucking amazing. And I love that she's on the show because she has such a platform already, but putting it on this particular, you know, because it's like a pop culture thing, you know what I mean? But like she is talking about some real serious issues that need to be addressed every day. And I love the fact that Bravo found her because she is giving us a different perspective of being a real housewife on Bravo. And I fucking love it. I think it was brilliant. And I just love her energy. So she's calling the girls up about the event. So when she called up Candace, Candace was like, you know, I think that's a great idea. So she admits that she still has a lot of small panic attacks during this whole aftermath of the fight. So she's talking to Dr. Wendy about that. Especially the way that Candace is dealing with all the shit on social media. That's one thing that I feel like would be really, really hard with anyone who is in the public eye. Just dealing with all the bullshit that you see on social media. Like, obviously, for me, there are certain people. I mean, there's just certain people that we don't like, you know. There are certain housewives that I don't like, really. But and I don't really want to say that because I don't know them. But via the show, I don't like the way that they are on the show, right? But I would never go up to them and be like, oh, I fucking hate you, Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just not even worth it. I mean, they're on a show. It's there for entertainment. So I can understand Candace's frustration and I'm sure how it really affects her mentally about all these random ass strangers saying, oh, well, you're a bitch and you should die and da, da, da. Like, that's terrible. No one should be doing that. I think that's awful. I just don't understand how people would do that. <sighs> Candace also says to Wendy, after Wendy says, hey, how are you and Karen? Well, they're still not doing well. She feels, Candace, she feels that Karen is taking a side, which would be Monique's, and she's not really acknowledging the stuff that Candace is going through. And I guess Candace just doesn't think that Karen is holding Monique accountable. But I think she is in a way. I appreciate what Karen is doing. She doesn't want to go all the way this way or all the way that way. It's kind of like politics. Are you all the way to the right? Are you all the way to the left? Like she's not like that. So she's trying to get as much information as she can to fully make a decision. But I'm here to say that they were both wrong. They were both wrong. Monique was a thousand percent wrong for laying a finger on Candace. Candace was wrong for being, as Gina would say from the OC, you're a sloppy chihuahua. You know, Candace just talks too much and that's how she gets in trouble. Her words get her in trouble. And for some odd reason, she can't, she can't look in the mirror and understand that. For some odd reason, she's like, oh, I don't even know. She's always the blame shifter. But I'm not saying that Monique was right. We all know that she was fucking wrong. So Karen is uh, not taking Candace's side and Candace is telling Wendy she's kind of upset about that. Let's move on to the airport with Giselle and Jamal. Giselle picks him up from their daughter's school because I guess they were doing some presentation. Then she had to drive him back to the airport. This is whenever they were having deep conversation about the future of their relationship with the whole long distance. 
Giselle admits, you know, it's kind of frustrating at times and she doesn't always love it, which is understandable. I've never done a long distance relationship, so I couldn't even imagine. There are some people that really like do long distance relationships all the time. Kudos to you because I couldn't do it. It would be too much for me. So as they were discussing all of that, Jamal brings up how originally Giselle must have told him, I don't want to lose my individuality if I end up with you again, because maybe Giselle thought she did that whenever she was with him back in the day. And he was like big ass pastor of Atlanta and all that kind of shit. But I guess he still is. Whatever. She didn't want to lose herself in the relationship. And he brought that up to her and she expressed, I do feel individual. I don't feel like there's going to be me losing myself in this relationship because I'm different now. That was 10 so years ago. And then she said, this is just where I'm at, but I don't know where you're at. And he said that he's good here and everything was great. And he was just waiting for her to come to terms with, yes, let's be all in together. So I guess they're on the commitment train, which is good. Uh, I know that Giselle is fully. Jamal's track record, I don't know. I feel like he might go a little left or right. I hope not because you're going to have a shit ton of people on Giselle's side to want to go after him if shit hits the fan. But I do hope it is for the best for her because I know that she deserves it. So we will see how that pans out. Then we get to Monique's podcast event at the City Winery. It kind of sucked because there were a lot of empty seats and it looked gorgeous in there. And just having all of that work and because I know what she went through to do all that shit, she probably had to tell the venue, which I've done before with some of the performances that I've had. You have to promise an X amount of tickets. And if you don't do that, you have to basically pay out. So it's almost like you're paying to do your shit there, which makes sense business wise. But she paid a lot of money for it and she only had like 20 so people show up. So Monique, I feel you on that one. It sucks. It definitely sucks that you have to pay more. Like you're putting in more than what you thought, which sucks and it it blows. That's what happens when it comes to like anything with the arts. It's very, very hard. And that's my whole spiel about that because I definitely live it for sure. I thought it was so, oh, It was so crazy that whenever Monique was talking to everyone in behind the scenes, you know, before the show started at the winery, she's like, I will talk about anything, but I will not talk about the altercation with Candace. Tells the MC that. And then what the fuck does this bitch do? (laughs) First question. Hey, Monique, how's the relationship between you and Candace? What the fuck? (laughs) Did you not listen to her? Did you have some shit in your ears? Like, what was that? She, oh... I cringed because I was like, man, that was not cool. Throwing someone under the bus, and I'm sure she probably paid your ass to do that. Like, that sucks. Wrong. That was wrong, Miss MC woman. Wrong, wrong. Ashley's the only one that shows up to the event. Karen apparently texted Monique early in the morning saying, I don't feel good, so I can't come to your party. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Monique feels bad, but she also thinks it's a bunch of shit because she's like, Karen, what the fuck? I went to your La Dame fragrance shit, and I was like eight and a half months pregnant. I could barely get up, and I came to see you. What the fuck? You're sick. You probably have like a little cold. Show up to my shit. Be a good friend. But you know, Karen's going to do what she wants to do. 
I love Ashley this season because she is showing so much empathy and just understanding of other people with what's going on. Like anything bad that happens or some sort of disagreement, Ashley really sees both sides now. Whereas in the past, she's usually like, no, this is it. What the fuck? Blah, 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 blah. But she, ever since she had baby Dean, she has a completely different outlook on life, which she admitted at the therapy session. But I just love... I I love to see that transformation in her. I just thought... I think it's great. I'm loving the transformation of Ashley after she had baby Dean. I think it's really exciting to see that on the screen. But then whenever she's talking to Monique, woo, she brings it up. She's stirring the pot a little bit. She's still got that pot stirring in there, which is great. She brings up to Monique that Karen was actually the one that suggested in a way to Candace to press charges against her. She says to Monique, yeah, well, when Candace was going to Karen about, hey, what should I do? Karen looks at her and says, you know what? If it were me, I'd press charges. And then you have Monique. What? She didn't do that, but she did like the, the whole, what the hell? So yes, that is some shady, shysty ass shit, but it needed to be addressed. From there, we go to a family fun-filled bowling night with the Dixons. That was so cute. Oh, I just love that family. I love them. I think they're great. I love the fucking Dixons. They're the best. So they're going bowling and Juan and Robin are talking about Robin's situation with the whole money thing. And let me tell you this. I love Robin's attitude when it's coming to this whole tax thing. Basically anything big in someone's life, I feel like Robin really attacks it in such a calm and cool manner. Like she really knows how to deal with the shit. Like I would call her in an emergency situation. Like I'd want her to be around me in an emergency situation because I feel like she would be the most calm. She would know what to do right away. She wouldn't freak the fuck out about it like some other people that I would know. I mean, I probably would freak the fuck out. But she just has such a calm, collected attitude that I feel like she can just sort of take anything on. And I think that's so inspirational to me. Like, I need to be like that because I suck at it. So she's basically telling Juan, you know, I'm nervous to tell my parents about this, but I got to do it. Then you see her parents come to the bowling outing. Super cute. She talks to her parents saying, I don't know if you heard about my shit. And then (laughs) her mom says, yeah, someone reached out to me on Instagram. I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, oh my God, Instagram is like the worst sometimes. It really is. We all know it. We all know it. So she was relieved that she was able to get that off her chest. And she's just telling her family, like, look, I'm going to pay this shit. I'm going to take care of it. And that's that. Because really, what else can you do? You don't want to dwell on it. You just got to do your shit. Take care of it. Move on with your life. Bam. And I think she's probably going to be doing a kick-ass job because all her hats are out of stock because she's kicking ass and people want those hats. Buy them because they're the fucking greatest. (laughs) Still wearing mine. Yes. Now, as soon as Robin leaves to use the restroom, Juan brings it up. I want to propose to Robin. Dun, 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 dun. Of course, they go to commercial and then they come back and then they're like, yeah, makes sense. We support you. You guys love each other. Do the shit. So yay, he got the blessing from Robin's parents. So we finished the episode with the Wine with Wendy event and the girls are coming and Wendy's goal with that whole thing was to let all of the women know there that their voices matter, but they're also needed. That's some powerful shit. I'll say that again. Their voices matter and their voices are needed. If 
fucking yes, Wendy. Like you're you're the shit. I fucking ugh, love it. I love it. So when they were talking about politics and everything with the election and all that kind of shit, Wendy is telling the ladies, it's not just about the White House. One person can't change everything. You got to start at the local spectrum of things. So she's talking about the local elections, like state's attorney, school board shit, criminal justice reform. So empowering that she's telling all these women that. And basically, she's telling everyone who watches the shit, like, it's just fucking great. And that's part of the reason why I love Dr. Wendy on the show. I don't want them to get rid of her. I think she is super powerful in so many ways, more than just being a character on the show. She is doing the shit. I think it's freaking great. Yes, bravo. Thank you for bringing her to our boob tubes. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit's great. So I love that. And then we see Candace saying, Karen, I want to take you downstairs so I can talk to you. Yes, we know that she doesn't talk like that, but I want to give voices here because that's fun. So they go downstairs and discuss their shit. And I'm going to talk more about that with the dueling divas because I'm not going to lie. They're kind of at a duel right now. (sighs) Basically, all the dueling divas in this fucking season, (laughs) basically in this show ever, (laughs) since she came on the show, is Candace. Let's just be real. But whenever Karen and Candace are having their discussion downstairs, the women upstairs are still reflecting on the fight. And it seems like they're all trying to control how Monique is supposed to act during the aftermath of this whole thing. I don't think that's realistic. I understand where they're coming from. And I do agree that Monique should be doing certain things. But guess what? At the end of the day, you will never be able to control anyone but yourself. So I feel like it's just not going to be resolved the way that they want it to be because they have a certain expectation. And Monique's going to do what she's going to do to make it feel right within herself and to make it right with Candace. You know, I don't I don't think she's really concerned about what the rest of the fucking world thinks because she's she's got to deal with it head on. Then we see her for next episode that she ends up filing charges against Candace. But I know I talked about that in one of the what the bravos like in the summer because that's when we found out about it. So now with that we're gonna go to the dueling divas because we all know it's about Candace and every fucking other girl. So here we go. Dueling divas. Dun da da da. Candace and Monique. Done. Don't need to talk about it. It's always gonna be like that even when we come up to the reunion. So Candace Monique. Okay. But Candace versus Karen. Kurt! Candace versus Kurt! Okay. Candace feels like Karen is not acknowledging her own feelings about this whole thing and like the trauma that she felt with it, with her going to therapy and just trying to process it. She doesn't feel like Karen is there for her. Maybe that might be true. Karen, I think, is doing the Vicky Gunvalson. She wants everyone to be friends, you know, the casserole, blah, blah, blah. It's a gesture, all that kind of shit. She doesn't want to be in the middle of it. She knows what happens when people get in the middle of shit and she knows that the shit doesn't end well, usually. So she doesn't want to be involved. Do I blame her? No, absolutely not. If a friend is coming to me, talking to me about all this stuff, I will love to listen and support. But I also know that I've never been in Karen's position where I have two friends that are against each other, but they're my close friends, or at least in the show, they're close friends, they're seen as close friends. I've never had that happen to me. So me talking about it right this second, I'm like, Karen shouldn't have to take a side. But I wonder, in my friend circle, if that were to happen to me in real life, oh, I feel like I'd have to like reflect on it. I don't even know what I would do. I really don't. Holy shit. 
I don't know. Hopefully I'll never, hopefully I'll never have to deal with that situation because I'm a grown ass woman as Lala Kent would say, and my friends are grown ass women. So hopefully I would never have to deal with that. So I don't really have an answer. Thank God uh, at the moment. But Candace is telling Karen, what the fuck? You're not even holding Monique accountable and you're not acknowledging my feelings. I'm upset about that. Karen comes back and she says that she feels insulted by Candace, who is always trying to tell Karen whose side to pick, that she needs to go against Monique. Then you see Karen bust out the, look, young woman. Ooh, she was pulling out the mom card, essentially. She was coming out as a Miss Dorothy, so to speak. When I heard that, I was like, oh no, she didn't. No, she didn't, Karen. I can't believe you did that. But guess what? Candace took it. She didn't like retaliate in any crazy ass way. It's so funny because she didn't do that to Karen. However, we know that she would do that to Miss Dorothy. She would. She was taking it from Karen, which was really interesting to me. She does respect Karen a lot. And I think that's why she didn't retaliate in a way that we would think that she would. But with Karen throwing out the young woman card, that was it. That was so it. Karen doesn't want to choose sides because she feels like she doesn't know the whole extent of the story, even though she was fucking there. So I find that kind of funny. But it's just interesting where she's coming from. We'll see what pans out. We'll see eventually her confession of whose side she really is on. Again, I don't think it's a side. I'm not on either of their sides. Of course, I was team Monique at the very beginning for sure because I feel like Candace was definitely causing all the drama in the shit. But then when you see Monique going after her in that type of way, like she's going to live with that for the rest of her life. Like that shit is on camera. It will always be played. You'll always be able to see it online. It's probably on YouTube now. She's never going to live that down. It's just crazy. And I'm sure that's going to be hard for her to deal with. Even whenever things are good, like five years from now, it's not going to be talked about because no one's going to care, but it's always going to be in in the back of her mind. So is there a side? Maybe to some people. To me, I think they're both fucking wrong. And I guess I'm where Karen is right now. I don't want to choose a side. So with that, we're going to go to the weekly shade. Some stuff going down about certain things. Maybe Robin. We'll talk about it. Let's do it. So throwing that shade now. Ashley telling Monique that Karen was one of the ones that was a part of the domino effect of Candace, you should press charges. That was pretty shady on her part. That wasn't a fun shade. That was just real shade. <laughs> that was so man. When she said that, I'm like, ooh, Ashley, you just did that to cause some shit. But also at the same time, I think Ashley was saying to herself, I need to be a good friend and let her know what the fuck's going on, which I respect that. I think that was important for her to do. But we all know that that was some shade against Karen. But it was good. I enjoyed that. Here's shade that I'm going to throw to Candace. What the fuck were those shoes that she was wearing to Wendy's Wine with Wendy? Those were so ugly to me. I was not a fan of them. What the fuck? What bird did you get that from? Like, no. Put those shoes back. Take the super glue that you put onto the shoe. I just hate the shoes. I did not like the shoes. So that is my shade. I'm sorry, not sorry. Jennifer Aiden's shirt that I bought, right? I don't have one, but I should. Sorry, not sorry, but I hated your shoes. So that's my shade to Candace, even though maybe my shade doesn't really fucking matter. (laughs) So now the big, the big shade, Robin's wig. Oh, 
Giselle, Ashley, and Candace, they want it to never go on her head again. <laughs> Giselle said that wig <laughs> needs not to be repeated. <laughs> and Candace is saying that she needs to burn that shit and it'll, it's going to melt whenever she does it. <laughs> they freaking hated it. I Listen, I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, I've seen worse wigs on Karen. Let's just be real. Some of her confessional looks with her wigs, not so good, not so hot. I didn't think Robin's was that terrible. It was just different because we're so used to her fucking short pixie cut, which is so cute. And obviously the, the hair color was different. So it's just the fear of the unknown, so to speak, with her hair because we never saw it before like that. But yeah, that was shade thrown by the women. They were like, get that shit off your head. Then, oh, then you get Giselle. She's doing an Ashley thing here with a pot stirring right now. She's telling the girls, Robin and Ashley, that she was talking to Wendy about Karen and the tax issues that Ray had. And she says that she heard from Wendy that Karen told Wendy that she put up half the money to bail out Ray with his tax problems. Oh my God. That was some sneaky gossip, Giselle, but so necessary. Oh, it's like a nice juicy hamburger that you eat at the like fucking dinner time and shit. Oh my God. It was so good. When I heard that, I was like, oh my God, there's going to be more shit that happens. And I am so excited for it. So the girls now think she told Wendy that for a reason, because we all know that Karen is so damn private about her life. Giselle's like, she's definitely saying that for a reason. She was drunk as fuck, but she wanted, she wanted Wendy to know about it. So there's something going on and Giselle wants to know what the fuck it is. She wants to be there for Karen. She wants to be a good friend. I do have to say though, with her bringing all that shit, that's not really being a good friend at this point because we all know that Karen's gonna find out about it and then there's gonna be some like World War Three fifty four with Karen and Giselle. <laughs> but guess what? I'm gonna be here to watch it, popcorn and all. Let's get this shit done. Ooh, last thing, Karen against Wendy. When they were downstairs talking about the whole Monique and Candace thing, Candace was there saying, oh, Karen, you're not on my side. <sighs> when Wendy is saying to Karen, you need to hold Monique accountable, blah, 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 blah. Karen comes back, fights back. Karate chop now. She says, you know, Wendy, for how educated you are, you sound very ignorant. Then you see Wendy's face like, oh, oh my God. And then she's like, no, I am going by facts, honey. I'm going by facts. Don't come. Don't come for Wendy. Don't come for Wendy about the education shit because she will take you to school. Like she will. Karen, you don't want to put the dukes up with that. I am on Wendy. Like I am on Wendy's side. I will be betting my money on Wendy because you know that she's going to win. Oh, the audacity of Karen saying that was so great. Oh, great moment in the episode. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Now, we're going to go to the quote of the week. I got a few of them. They're funny. They're insightful. So here we go. So I'm going to tell you the insightful quote first. I really liked it. It was from Ray and Karen's life coach. I thought it was really good. She says, and I quote, just because you can't go back, that doesn't mean you can't address it now in the present. That was whenever Ray was like, oh, I can't go back when I did all this shit, blah, blah, blah. And that's when she was like, well, you can thank her now. Like, what the fuck? So I thought that was a really nice quote. I'll say it again. Just because you can't go back, that doesn't mean you can't address it now in the present. That's with anything. Let's think about it, people. Do we have certain things that have happened in our life that we want to bring to the surface and maybe thank a person or apologize to a person? Yeah. 
because I'm thinking about that shit like that's fucking real. Now, <laughs> Candace towards Robin's wig. <laughs> I think this might I think this might be it. This might be my quote of the week. <laughs> she says, are you hiding from the IRS? Like, just pay the taxes. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was so funny. I enjoyed that. Maybe maybe Robin was hiding from the IRS. Obviously, she wasn't, but I thought that was pretty funny. Last quote I got is from Miss Karen talking to Candace regarding what's going on with the whole Monique Candace drama. And she says... Karen is saying this to Candace. Your mind is so powerful. Dot, 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 dot. But so is your mouth. Oh, <laughs> that is so true. Listen, Karen is just saying everything that we are thinking. For some odd reason, the other girls don't want to admit that or they'll admit it, but they just don't give a fuck. But let's just be real. Candace is reaping what she's sowing. It is what it is. You get what you give. She is... You know, she's talking all that shit. She's doing all that bullshit to people. And Monique had that breaking point. Don't hit the bitch. But she did. You know, whatever. She's paying the consequence for it. But Karen's like, you got to take accountability for your shit too, Candace. And you don't know how to do that. Mm, True. But my quote of the week. (laughs) Are you hiding from the IRS? Like, pay your taxes. Yes, Candace. Thank you. I enjoyed that. I'm surprised that I'm even saying thank you to you. But yes, brava to bravo. Pay the taxes. There was a lot that happened in this past episode. We're not even, I think we're halfway through the season. Next week, we're seeing the women, Ashley, introducing that she wants to take them on a trip. They want to go to Portugal. I love, too, that all of the women, whenever they're getting that news from Ashley, they're all wearing Robin's hats. So buy that shit. Pre-order that shit. I'm not even getting a sponsorship from her, but, like, I'm just saying, like, her shit's dope. So check it out. So we're in the middle of the season. We're going to see where it goes. We see also that Monique is going to be pressing charges against Candace. Shit's going to get deeper and deeper. I love it. Definitely, I feel like Potomac is up there right now with the top housewife shows on Bravo. I think whenever Roni, apparently, I think Roni is recording right now. I think they're filming right now. I'm fucking excited about that coming back. I really enjoyed Leah. And it's funny because I went back. (laughs) I'm going back and I'm watching this season again because I'm like a fucking weirdo and I just love it. (laughs) So... And I just love Leah. I think she's so good. There are shirts and shit that I've seen online, and I really want to buy this one particular one. It's a sweatshirt that Leah said in the show, don't talk about my vagina and don't talk about my mental health. That's genius. Like, I want to buy that. I want that as a Christmas gift or something. Like, that is hilarious to me. So I can't wait for Roni to come back. I am ecstatic that Potomac is giving me all the feels and I'm getting all the love. Like, I'm getting all the good juices from Potomac. So good. It's such a great diet for me, for sure. Very curious about Southern Charm. That will be very interesting. And the new Below Deck, that'll be interesting with Captain Lee. <sighs> yeah, it's just good shit right now. Thank you, Bravo, for keeping my life sane because quarantine, I feel like, is going to come back and that's annoying. I don't fucking like it. But you know, Bravo, you were taking care of me and I appreciate you. So thank you so much for doing the Lord's work. Yes. And thank you guys for listening. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate your time. I really want to have dialogue with you 
on Instagram. Let's talk more. I'm enjoying all of you who are reaching out to me. Like the shit is awesome. Tell your friends about the show. Like, subscribe, five stars on iTunes, you know, all that shit, right? I just really appreciate you. I think this is a really good time and I really want to build the community of Bravo peeps and we're seeing it online all the time, especially on Instagram, which by the way, follow me at Bravo Yinzer, Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. DM me, fucking post a story or like tag me or something and let me know which housewife would you be for Halloween and why. I will post that on my Instagram and let you guys know because I, the bitch needs to think about it a little bit. There are too many to decide. But yeah, reach out to me. Let me know what's up with you. Let's talk some Bravo shit and follow us as well at Believe Podcast and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Thank you so much for listening. Have such a happy, happy, spooky, awesome Halloween. Be safe. Wear your masks if they're do. Are they doing trick-or-treating and shit? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, whatever you're doing, if there's a party, super be safe, be careful. And I just hope you guys have an awesome weekend. And I will see you next Tuesday. Bye, Yins, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.